We're picking up today from where we were yesterday talking about contentment and how to be content. How many people do you know who you think really are content? They really seem to be content with where they are, what they have, where they live. Or there's always something that bugs them and bothers them and, and makes them unhappy. Well, I, I mentioned yesterday, just in closing, that if we're going to be content like Paul was, and he said he's learned in whatever situation to be in to be content, if we're going to be like that, we have to realize it's costly. There is some cost involved. First of all, it will cost you wrong reactions. You'll have to give up your wrong reactions. And the Bible says, let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. And your forbearing spirit means your yieldedness, your gentleness, your considerateness, your sweet reasonableness, your agreeableness, your ability to, to apply yourself and to be applicable to every situation, your courtesy. It's the opposite of obstinacy and self-will. The idea is that you and I begin to treat people in a considerate, sweet, loving way. The sweet reasonableness and forbearance doesn't mean that you just let people walk all over you. We're not talking about that. But you see, it may mean that you have to tell the truth to someone even if it hurts their feelings or they don't agree with it. But if you're honest, not because you're trying to hurt them, but because it's especially important and you feel like God wants you to. You're loving, you're kind, you're considerate, but you're also honest. If these are not uh, what you want, if, if something's not what it should be, you have to face the truth and be honest. The second thing it will cost you, it will cost you worth. Paul said, don't be anxious, worry, I'm sorry. Don't be anxious, don't be worried for anything. Don't worry. The word anxiety is, is a word which means literally it comes from the same root as anger and refers to a physical act of choking. Worry chokes the life out of faith. It chokes the life out of us. It makes everything unfit for contentment. Paul says you can't worry and be content. It's impossible. They don't go together. They never fit. They never have. They never will. And then third, it will cost, cost us gratitude. If we're going to be content, we have to get rid of ingratitude. For Paul says, in everything, by prayer, instead of worrying, pray and bring your supplications with thanksgiving to the Lord. Be thankful. You see, our attitude of gratitude overcomes so much of discouragement, uh, disappointment, and what, when life's not what we want it to be. And when we begin to have the attitude of gratitude, then that makes a difference. Here's what one, one soldier wrote years ago. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked God for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked God for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked God for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for but everything that I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Now that, my friends, is gratitude. Also, if we're going to be content, it will cost us 
thinking wrongly. Paul says, you know, one of the reasons why I'm content is because I put my mind, I calculate my mind, I think about the right kind of things. Paul says you've got to have your mind focused on the right things. What things? He says the things that are true, the things that are honorable, the things that are right, the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, the things that are of good report, the excellent, the things that are worthy of praise. Don't think about the negatives. You know, it's going to rain today, so it's going to be, we're going to get wet. It's going to be a bad day. We're going on a trip. I'm sure we're going to have car trouble. Our constantly thinking negative, our thinking about the hurtful things that have been in our past and dwelling on those. But when we think about the right things, the good things, the godly things, the pure things, the things that relate to God, the things that really do matter, we begin to develop an attitude of contentment. The idea is to kink account of all these things with a view to committing ourselves to these right things that we're thinking about. You see, I didn't tell you it would be easy to be content. If you're going to choose to be content with who you are and where you are and what you have, you've got to pay the price. And you've got to be willing to humble yourself, put aside your pride, and, and be willing to just live life every day to the full for the Lord. One of the things that, one of the things that happens to most of us when circumstances aren't what we want them to be is we get defensive about what's going on or we try to blame someone else for our problems instead of just recognizing God has allowed a circumstance in our lives that we might learn humility and that we might learn to be content. And if we do that, it will make a difference. Do you really want to be content? I don't think most of us do. I think we want things. I think we want circumstances to work for us. And I think that most of us have the problem of trying to fit everything to our liking, work everything for our way of wanting it to be. But it just doesn't work that way. So it's really important to choose God's way to be content. I hope you will. And uh, we're going to pick up another choice in just a minute here. Uh, I want us to continue on and to choose to hang in there is our next topic. These are choices that we're making for the Lord, choices that will help us to grow. And Paul in his letter to the young preacher Timothy, uh, is near the end of his life, and he knows it, and he knows that he doesn't have much time. And so he writes to young Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm looking it up here, chapter 4, verse 6, here's what Paul writes. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul is saying, I want you to hang in there. I have since I became a believer, and, and it's made such a difference in my life. You see, perseverance is not an easy trait to develop, and endurance and faithfulness. You can call it by many names. It simply means don't quit. Hang in there. Keep it up. Don't give up. Ninety percent of all failures result 
from people quitting too soon. And we're going to pick that up tomorrow, and we're really going to get into it. And this is a life-changing truth because most of us have the failures of our lives because we quit, because we gave up, because we refused to hang in there. So be with me. God bless you. Have a great day.